Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast with me, your host. I was about to say Bengals Drake. <laughs> Pete thanks and Bengals Drake. Guys, it's been a long week, okay? Me and Drake, um, we're actually linking up on a Saturday morning here. We had a lot of shit going on last night. Nonetheless, Drake, how you doing, my guy? Doing great, bro. Just hanging in there, obviously. We've been through a dark period of not a lot happening, and then free agency comes, and then kind of now a little dark period again, and then, you know, the draft's coming up, and I was doing some digging yesterday. It's kind of crazy that, you know, we're basically a month away from, like, rookie mini camp and uh, schedule. Oh, so exciting, bro. Yeah, so we'll get that NFL schedule release next month, too. So mm. it's going to be – it's going to start uh, – I feel like it's going to start ramping up here. You know, once it mm-hmm. once it hits like May, then June and July, you know, right there, you already got your summer months, which is nice. And then you already know, oh, football's right around the corner. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, obviously after the Super Bowl, you know, to now it, it seems like it it's taken so long yet. It's not even been that long. But I think what's great about football is they keep you in the loop and, you know, you have all these extra things to kind of keep you occupied even when you're not like I, no hate to the reds no hate to baseball but i do mm-hmm. I, I do not want to see baseball in my timeline right now i just i, <laughs> I just want to see football like i can't help it so <laughs> and this draft's gonna be fun though bro so how are you doing how's your weekend doing good man you know just going with the flow you know getting my work in getting my shit done and um you know of course keeping up with Exactly what you said, like the eventful period of, you know, the Bengals offseason, you know, the moves in free agency, you know, bro, it's like we go and I guess you could say this about every team, really. But like to the degree that the Bengals have had a big hit, nothing, big hit, nothing. I feel like they're either making a move. Eh, you've heard some inklings like they're interested here, interested there. But a lot of that's just smoke because. We're a great team. You know, it's like, so they just add our names into the mix of like, oh, Derrick Henry should go to the Bengals. Well, it's because we're a fucking contender and he's a running back and we could use one. Like, it's not that we're actually interested in Derrick Henry. So my point is like, you get big hits. The epitome of that was the Orlando signing. Not a fucking sound other than bringing back Jermaine, you know, from the Bengals. Then big hit. Nick Scott, big hit. You know, then um, um, after that, you have what? A week, a week and a half of not a damn thing. <laughs> Sidney Jones. I mean, dude, this past Monday, bro, was fucking crazy. You yeah. know, you secure Sidney Jones, a guy who we wanted last season coming off the waiver from the Seahawks. Right. Uh, and then you re-up at midnight with Irv. You know, and then you host Contavious Street, who ended up signing with the Eagles, and we took the other guy. Tarot Basham, who we hosted on a visit Monday, signed um, today's Saturday. He signed Friday. So I guess that's something we can get into as well. Yeah, bro. I, I think it's it's interesting to look at when, you know, looking at these free agency numbers as, you know, we, we talked about. So, like, I think I was, you know, surprised when I added up the numbers that, you know, the Bengals have spent over $100 million in free agency so far this year. Um talking about total numbers wise obviously mm-hmm. yeah and you know 
looking at like these little one-year deals, right? I think these are like key signings that people aren't really paying attention to or looking at. Cause like I got five guys right here, right? Including the Terrell Basham signing that we just signed mm-hmm. five guys, Cody Ford, Sidney Jones, Irv Smith, Trent Taylor, and obviously Terrell Basham all on one year, $1 million deals. The only one that's making the most right now is Irv Smith on one year, 1.75 can make up to two. But the fact that you have, uh, you know, I don't know Basham's numbers yet, but I assume it's a minimum like these other Mm -hmm. guys. Yeah, for sure. Ford, Jones, and Taylor right now all have minimums, which is crazy because Trent Taylor's a special teams guy. He's going to contribute, right? Mm -hmm. Cody Ford, who, in my opinion, obviously you can't, I feel like, put in, like, trust or, like, belief that, oh, this guy's going to come in here and become the next right tackle. But I feel like he kind of probably does have a vision where, you know, he's going to try to compete at least for a job. I mean, that right tackle spot, as of right now, is kind of wide open, you know, Mm -hmm. depending on what they do, obviously, whether that's the draft or stick to Lyell and see – you know, what options they can hinder until then, or if they can't find something for Jonah, you know what I mean? But I think the Cody Ford sign was kind of, kind of interesting. I think he's, he's probably got some left in his tank. You know, he's young. I think we've seen guys, um, I'm trying to remember his name. He was a bust. And then he like went to, oh, Eric Flowers. Flowers. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah. I mean, he obviously he's, not the same guy, but I mean, if you get around the right coaches, right? And we've we've spoke on this, like we have the coaches in the building that can definitely bring in guys and help them mold into a system. And similar to a guy like Eric Flowers, who I do remember, you know, they were I mean, he was getting so much hate and then he wound up, I think, going to Washington it was, and he just started playing really good. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's now. But still, I mean, if you can get what you can get with those guys, and these guys are on minimum deals. Sidney Jones, we talked about a guy like Eli Apple. If Sidney Jones can really come in here and fulfill an Eli Apple role, that's the type of guy that next year will get another one-year, two-year deal mm-hmm. around two, three million a year. You know, so he'll get he'll get an upgrade similar to what happened to Eli. But yeah, bro, I think these. These five signings right here, and there's actually multiple that are there's in-house signings too that we've done that are, you know, one-year deals. And I think just guys that help contribute to winning games. Like they might not be the most impactful player, but if you have that one guy that creates that one play during a game that helps you win a game, mm-hmm. I mean for a million dollars, sign me up. And I think the next guy signing obviously was a steal, you know, 12 million, mm-hmm. three years, especially if you get your value back from that. And yeah, I think I, I was <clears throat> thinking about it the other night. I was like, I honestly think this could have been one of the Bengals better free agency off seasons. Like it might not look like it right now on paper, but this yeah. Is similar. yeah. Yeah. You sent me a text about that. I remember. Yeah, Like this yeah. is similar to when, remember when like, and obviously we, we signed more people to a higher degree at that time. But mm-hmm. when we like sign like guys like Cheeto, you know, on mm-hmm. the same off season, it was kind of the same thing. It was like, 
it doesn't look sexy on paper because we don't know what we're getting yet. Yeah. But it's like these guys have a chance, right? And I always I, I always liked the Mike Hilton sign. I thought that was one of my favorite signings when, when that happened. So mm-hmm. but yeah, bro, like the Nick Scott signing, bringing Jermaine back, Orlando, big splash. I mean, these are positions that you know needed boosting, you know, and I, we we didn't think Jermaine Pratt was coming back, bro. No one did. No nope. one thought Jermaine was coming back. And, you know, we, we got lucky, you know, with a market that failed this offseason. And I was very happy that we were able to get Jermaine back. Even, even what happened, you know, after that game. I think emotions, heat of the moment, anything happens. And that's just that's just what happens. You know what I mean? Like Joe, Joe Shiesty, obviously – handles himself in a respectful manner but if joe shiesty is cooking he's gonna yell i'm him if someone's mm-hmm. pissed off they're gonna say some shit like it just it happens and i i think jermaine coming out and t- talking on it literally the day after i thought that was super super like um mature mm-hmm. funny dude and he he fits the culture and a lot of these guys, I think, are culture fits. And Irv Smith Jr., you know, has got a lot of relationships with those guys on offense. And I think, dude, I was watching this guy's highlights, bro. And, like, I told you last year or this year, whatever, when we were playing, I was like, bro, we need to get Hayden Hurst involved more across the middle. I guess mm-hmm. looking at it, obviously, 29, going on 30, maybe he, he wasn't that – Guy go across the middle. It makes sense. You know, we've had guys like that. Uzama, like, they can go across the middle a little bit, but I'm talking about go across the middle. And Irv Smith, bro, he's, like, when given the opportunities, he's crazy, like, across the middle tight end. And, like, mm-hmm. receiver. I think, I think, gosh, bro, him with a rookie tight end, this offense has a chance to, like, really explode. People are not paying attention to the Irv Smith sign because they're just like, ah, that's – Irv Smith, the second round bust or injury yeah. bust. But it's like, uh, have you paid attention to what we Exactly. Done? They don't know the profile player that he actually is. I mean, bro, I was talking to one of my guys. Um, we were hyping ourselves up like literally at midnight a couple nights ago, just talking about what this offense can look like in 2023. And first off, we're just going to keep saying it. The league fucked up letting Lou and Arumo and all this coaching staff come back. So you have three head coaches. Brian is ready to be a head coach. Zach is one, and he's a good one. Lou is a could absolutely be one. You have three head coaches on this team. You have a good tight end, a a well equipped tight end, a really talented one. All right, and what has this offense done really well? Um showcase their players' talents, especially their skill players, to a high degree. Not perfect, you know, but a really high degree. You are going to have Irv Smith and, like you said, a legit young tight end, whoever that may be. If the Bengals do find it suitable and go extreme, like a Michael Mayer in round one, or they find one in round two, Sam Laporta, maybe Zach Kuntz round three, uh, Tucker Craft, whoever that may be, a legit one-two punch at tight end. And you, Joe Mixon, whether that's for half the amount or somebody else, with young, stud, explosive, fast fucking running backs. This offense is going to be the best offense this Bengals team has ever had. 
2023. And people are not ready. You're going to have the sharpest coaching staff, not only the sharpest coaching staff, oh, yeah, with the best fucking talent you've ever had. They're not ready, bro. They're not ready. I, I think, and the thing you're pointing out about coaches, I've talked about, you know, quite a while ago in our episodes. Like, I think we have obviously one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. But the fact is, like, we have defensive assistants that I think after this year, they're going to be pushing for defense coordinator positions. And Hell yeah. Offensive coordinator positions. I mean, we got Dan Pitcher. We got great defensive back coaches. We got safety coach and Rob Livingston. Who, I mean, we have arguably the best fucking special teams coach right. in the league. Oh, for sure. Darren Simmons. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot crazy of a while ago, the crazy part was when it was, you know, we were going through our rebound and shit, obviously, but I mean, a lot of people were wanting to call for Darren's head. And I kept telling people like, dude, it's not what you think. Like Darren is one of the, best coaches in the league like i had i had to literally put some of the people on the fan base just on like a pause because there was people like can't i think it was just our special teams one year was just so bad Mm -hmm. and people were like we need to fire darren Simmons." when we went into you know hiring zach taylor i low-key was one of those guys where like i was like you know what if we low-key like hired darren simmons as head coach i wouldn't have been mad yeah, I, like I know he's a great coach, but the thing is, man, yeah, we got one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. I mean, it's just crazy that they really let Lou come back. And mm-hmm. like you said, you have three head coaches at the top of your totem pole. And it's the Bengals and the Chiefs for the best coaching staffs. I'll top of my head. Yeah. Wow. And they got what? They have Matt Nagy now. Is that who they got? Uh. uh, uh yeah, I think so. And obviously Spagnola is a well-respected yeah. DC. I mean, not to sum shit up and make it too black and white, because obviously there's a ton of variants here. Yeah. But look at the Bengals and the Chiefs. And look at the staff. And look at some of the star pieces on the team. Because the teams are not perfect. You know, the Bengals are a better team than the Chiefs. But, you know, and the roster is better. But you look at the staffs, bro. It's like, and look at where the teams have been the past two years. Right. They've been arguably the best teams in football the past two seasons. You know? Yeah, and I, like, I you can argue front office too. You know, these are some mm-hmm. front offices in the NFL. And I think I think the Bengals got, you know, a lot of shit for so long. But if people like, and this is what's crazy, bro, about the history of the Bengals and what's so awesome too is that the loyalty you can see just resides, right? Like you, it's literally like a glaring effect. And, you know, Duke Tobin's been around here for forever. Like you, you've seen teams go through GMs and, and guys all the time. And they, they put their trust into Duke. And, you know, I think Duke's always been one of those guys. I mean, he, he really has been, and he's always been able to, bring guys in whether that's the draft or free agency and stuff has changed lately i think i think a lot of people need to put more respect on our on our fo i mean we got we got people in the front office that are making moves every day no matter what the best moves we always talk about it bro the best fucking moves man literally the best moves and especially you know when, when we're talking about the draft like i think 
lately in the drafts, which is crazy. It's like we've just been hitting. I mean, hitting year after year. And even when we have later picks, that's what's crazy too. It's like we're still we're still hitting. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't matter what's going on. We're still hitting. Like we just we got Cam Taylor Britt in the second round and bro allowed thirty three yards in three playoff games against the Bills and the Chiefs. Like Exactly. Like what else do you need? I mean, what else do you want? What the Chiefs game? He allowed what, like twenty five, thirty yards, if I'm not mistaken? Like I think he had a great game in the fucking first Chiefs game. But it, exactly, bro. And it's like, look, I will say this. It's not an inability of well, maybe I want to retract that a bit. I was gonna say maybe it's not an inability of other front offices to think of such a great deal. You know, like a lot of these guys, almost everybody knows exactly how to make the exact deal they want. It's just a culmination of a lot of things, of course, as we always talk about. Joey B is the face of this machine. Duke Tobin and this FO runs it. They execute the shit. You know, Joe's not telling them everybody to sign. Like, you know what I mean? Like this yep. Duke Tobin is doing this shit. He's out here. He's, He's doing this. Like He's I digging. Mean, every deal, bro, is just I'm just a broken record at this point. You know, just continuously giving praise. Like it, it's it's awesome, bro. It's awesome to see. You know, it it really is. And you know, it makes you wonder, like we've said being a fly on the wall. Oh shit. Oh, I thought you left. My oh, no. Nah. Glitched for a second. <laughs> no, nah, uh, we're good. But, um, damn, I totally got off track because I thought I lost you. But, I mean. It's cool. I mean, just, just looking at this team in general, bro, it's it's special. Like, I cannot wait to see what we do going forward years to come. I don't know if the Bengals fans are ready for what's coming this 2023 season. I don't so, think. I, I, I don't think they are, bro, and I just want to be a visionary for everybody listening a little bit real quick. As me and Drake have already talked about, you have three head coaches. Of course, you know, unofficially two guys at OCDC, Zach Taylor leading the charge. I mean, you've got a phenomenal coaching staff, dudes that are should all deservedly be elevated into higher positions than they currently are. This is not just because we have Joe Burrow and it can look extremely skewed. We have great leaders in our departments of defensive backs coach, defensive line coach. Marion Hobby is a fucking boss. James Betcher came in for Al Golden, really turned that linebacker room around and has kept it at a high level. Even though we didn't have to rely on our depth guys at linebacker as much in 22, like 21, we still saw it exemplified. Those dudes played great ball, Jermaine. We know everything with these guys. Top linebacker is really good. I mean, then you go over to the tight ends room. The offensive line coach, bit more criticism, but a legit seasoned, respected coach. Not just a dude that's out here winging it like some dumb fuck. Uh, fucking, um, I don't even rem- remember our uh, old O-line coach. But fuck that dude. Whatever his name is. I forgot. Uh, Paul but- Ender. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, oh, 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 I know. Jim Turner. Jim Turner. Oh, that fucker. Yeah, <laughs> fuck him. Um, but just great coaches, bro. Then you go to the team, like we talked about, on the offense. This is not just going to be a, oh, yeah, they just got one tight end, like we have the past two seasons with Joe. 
in this offense running high octane. It's not just going to be, oh, C.J. Uzama is a nice guy. That's a nice player. Oh, Hayden Hurst is a really solid player. Really solid to good player. I mean, you're going to get Irv Smith, who is a really solid to whoa type of player. Like, how the fuck did he just do that at 245 pounds? It's not normal. Irv is a freak athlete, yo. And then you're getting the compliment at tight end, too. You're going to have a stout running back room with a way better offensive line. At least you expect on the left side. You know, right side, bit of a question. I mean, bro, and then our defense. We have the draft. Yeah. We have the draft, bro. Like, (laughs) right now, today, today, I think we are just as good today. The only thing I question, which would not be as good today as last year, obviously, is safety. We've given a lot of praise, and we've provided the landscape of what that safety unit could be in 23. But, you know, I'll give respect to the great, you know, guys of Von Bell and Jesse. But this team is as good as last season. We have not hit the draft yet. We have seven-plus guys to acquire to make us better. Right. I mean, people don't understand that yet. Like, we're going to get so much fucking better. 100%. And you don't even, I mean, people fail to realize, you know, you get extra pick with Jonah. That's another guy you add. Mm -hmm. Just the importance of people looking at Irv Smith, right? Why, why, Why do people think just because this guy has had injury, you know, history, but also has not produced at the high level that, he was sought at, but it's the fact of the matter that, bro, he's the youngest tight end we've had in five years. He's the athletic tight end we've had in over five years. Mm -hmm. He, he's literally like on, on paper, probably the best tight end we've had in fears. Like even, even no matter what stats say, like this dude had just as many, touchdowns and almost yards is Hayden Hurst had in eight games versus Hayden Hurst played in 13 or 14 games. So it's like, I mean, I, I, I know that people are like wanting in this thing about the fan base, they fell, they fell in love with Titans back to back years. And I knew, I knew when we signed Hayden Hurst, cause I knew people were, you know, talking about, well, oh, man, you know, like I'm going to miss CJ. And then I'm thinking like, well, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to only have Hayden for a year and you guys are literally going to miss Hayden. Cause I, mm-hmm. I knew, and I knew Hayden had that juice just looking at his highlights and week one, when he comes in, catches a ball and is just pumping his chest right away. I was like, yeah, fans are going to love this guy. Yeah, that was awesome. And now you have a guy in Irv Smith who I think fans will also fall in love with. I mean, even if you, you don't believe in him as much, you have drafts. Like you said, we have the draft right now. We literally can go draft a Michael Mayer, draft a guy later. Mm-hmm. Running back. Like, in my opinion, for some reason, bro, I really think we need to go offensive heavy, like the first few rounds. Let's go. Let's go. I'm down. I mean, that's um, – oh, well, we need to. Like, you think about our weaknesses right now. It is – right now, well – they're not even big weaknesses. The biggest question mark we've got right now is running back, I would say, because 
you know, the whole thing with Mixon, we don't know exactly how this is going to pan out. Nonetheless, it's tight end, tackle, running back. People can, you know, switch those things around one to three, most important, all they want. Like you said, that's offensive heavy, and we're going to get those in our first four picks. I'm telling you. We're going to get them in the first four picks. Nothing shorter than that. Wait, so you you believe we're going to go offense first four picks? Uh, No, three of four. At least, okay. because okay. like I said, it's right tackle, tight end, running back, whoever, however they deem that most valuable. You know, of course, you culminate BPA, what's best value, all that shit. But they're going to get all of those players in the first four picks. OK, uh, that's, I mean, especially if you can get a pick for Jonah, I think that makes it a lot easier as well. I mean, you you have now five picks, you know, in the span of that time. So, uh-huh. yeah, yep. gosh, bro, like I wonder. I just wonder if they're going to be able to trade Jonah. Like, I feel like they should be able to, if there should be teams out there ready to bite. But I just, I know that the Bengals are not going to take a low ball for, there's no way, right? Like, I, I wonder, dude, I heard about this and I really feel like it's, it's pretty even. I really feel like a straight up Jonah from a Kai Becton trade would make sense. It would be awesome, bro. It's not, it, and the reason why is because it's not perfect. That's why it works for us because we know Jonah's not perfect. This league knows he has not been perfect. Is he a solid tackle? Yes. I think he's not really good. I think he's fine. But as we talked about at nauseum at this point, the landscape of the, you know, the tackle play in the league is really low. You know, the standard, blah, blah, blah. Makai's upside is way higher than Jonas. 100%. The downside that he's experienced with the Jets is what could kind of alleviate his value, you know, and and drop it to where it can kind of match Jonas. They both need to change the scenery. Dwayne Brown is 38 years old for the Jets. He's still a damn good tackle, but he's almost 40. So they're going to need guys. They've got a really good interior. I don't know who their center is, but they got really, really good guards. I mean, Lakin Tomlinson's a good guard. Elijah Vera Tucker is going to be a dog, you know. So that makes sense. I mean, if you could get him a Kai Becton, yeah, I. Sorry, man, not to drag this too long. I'm just kind of thinking of this uh, scenario. I, I forget one of my homies brought it up to me. And just kind of ran through it more. And I was like, holy shit, that actually makes more sense. Because what I heard, I've heard the Jets plenty of times as an idea. But we heard a pick coming in as well. Look, the Bengals are going to want a pick. But I don't think they're going to turn away from a Mekhi Becton offer. So say if you do land a Mekhi Becton. So for any of you guys that don't know him, like I was saying, way much higher upside than Jonah. I mean, the dude is a fucking monster. He's Dewan Jones type size. He dealt with kind of Dewan Jones type uh, issues of the weight's a little bit too high. You got to drop it a bit lower for me. You know, and I think Makai's at 350 now. He came into the training camp at 380. Then I forget what he did with this. Fucked it up. It was that big. Yeah, bro. I mean, 6'8, 380, monster. So he dropped to 350 and he's looking a lot better, a lot healthier. I mean, you're talking if the dude can get shit straight, get on the field, you know, surround himself with the culture where he feels more welcome to play his best game, whatever that may entail. 
you could have a great tackle tandem. One hundred percent. I mean, that would be interesting. I mean, it really would. I mean, you got two former first round picks, right? I mean, both like mm-hmm. you. It changed the scenery. Um, I think Makai was the 11th pick, ironically. So you're talking two former 11 overall picks, if I'm not mistaken. He was? I, I swear I thought he was picked, like, super high. He wasn't picked super high. Uh, I mean, 11's pretty high. I mean, let me uh, look. I thought he went, like, top five. No, nah, yeah, not that high. Let me see. Makai. Damn, where did he come out of? Was it Louisville? Oh, yeah, he did go 11. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. that – that makes sense. Damn, I swear. So, who am I thinking about? Is there maybe I'm just thinking of Quentin Williams? Mm-hmm. I swear I thought thought they drafted Beckton way higher, but huh. yeah, he went. Yeah, uh, Quentin Williams was top five. I think he was three. Yeah, he was third overall in like 2019, some shit 2020. So that that honestly, bro, that honestly does seem more enticing and more more real possible to happen you know exactly I mean? it's like because jonah, jonah obviously has had some bit of an injury history but i think he's been available in more games and he's played in bigger moments right yeah so that's kind of the upside you can offer and then it's like well becked in both teams need him right like you can use both of these guys like to switch around like flip-flop it just makes so much sense like yeah i want this guy oh you want that guy perfect Let's just straight up. Right. 100%. I think that would that'd make a lot of sense. I think he has a chance. I've always liked Beckton. I mean, who who doesn't like Makai Beckton? He's a Madden legend. <laughs> so, I mean, this guy could definitely play the right side, in my opinion. Yeah, man. Well, there's lots of scenarios, you know. And as we've talked about with this time of year, we've got, what is it, April 1st? Holy shit, it's draft month. Oh, my God. Yep. Everybody can fucking panic now and make their 5,000 mock drafts just for us to look in the first fucking four rounds. We're like, who the fuck are these guys that we drafted? Do like, you I got still, a Cordell Volson pick last year. We're like, who? Do you still want uh, Do you still want Riley Moss? Sure. If it's right back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Listen, I think I told you about it. Yeah, I, you did. First four picks, if it happens, if it's Iowa players – I am a wizard because that would be crazy, bro. Like, (laughs) but then again, oh my God, wait, uh, that would not happen. That's delusional for me to think because that is three out of four picks to defense. I don't think we're going to do that. Last year we went heavy defense. We're in a good place on the defense right now. And well, other than pass rush, which I guess we could talk about Terrell Basham for, um, I mean, God, bro, we're going to have luxuries. We're going to have luxury picks this year, man. We really are. Like, like just thinking randomly, like, do the Bengals, like, it seems like right now with how, you know, confident they are with their coaching staff and whatnot, are the Bengals, like, just not scared about cornerback? Because, like, in my opinion, like, obviously losing a guy like Eli Apple and, you know, Cheeto coming off an injury and stuff like that that you mm-hmm. know, factor in it's like the Bengals are like really confident in their guys like the cornerback position especially because on paper it doesn't look the sexiest but we do have dudes so it's like especially I mean our starting three fully healthy 
is crazy but it's mm-hmm. like i do kind of worry about the people behind and stepping yep. and whatnot but I, it just it seems like they know exactly who they want to put in their system like they can just mm-hmm. literally pick and choose and just insert boop all right now he's he's gonna be a dog now i mean it's yeah. crazy well i think it makes a lot of sense to me that they are going to get a depth corner that they like in the draft, wherever that is. That's why I say three out of four positions is offense because I feel like if they find an opportunity, if they believe it's deemed valuable, they are going to jump on a corner. I'm not sure when. I think that corner is going to be a depth guy. And I don't, and I'm just really tired, really, to be straight up at this point of people talking about a fucking contingency plan for a top 10 corner in Cheeto because we've already talked about it plenty of times. We talked about how much the secondary cost for the next two seasons outside of Cheeto with Cheeto actually, and obviously last year of his deal. Nonetheless, we're not going to be looking to draft a Cheeto replacement this year. I don't see it happening. So they think that Sydney can come in and be a reliable. We will wait and see because I truly feel like it's a wait and see thing with Eli. They are not shutting the door on him. He's not shutting the door on him. I think it's going to be a matter of we will sit and wait to see what we get in the draft. Uh, if, you know, because just the door is simply not closed. If Sydney has to come in, they think he can. You get another draft pick. They think they're going to be in good shape. You know, and then safety. You could draft a depth guy if you want. Um, I don't know the situation with uh, Brandon Wilson. Um, but, I mean, you're talking, you've got a three-man rotation that's pretty promising. Obviously, top two is great uh, for safety. Um, I mean, it, they're in good shape right now. The, yeah. the biggest question mark they have is when will Cheeto become 100% Cheeto again? Like, right now, that's their biggest question they have. And that's a really good situation to be in. 100%. I think I think Cheeto's just different. Like, he's he's just built different. Like, he, he's going to – I think he's going to come back into this season. He might – Like, to see where he's at in his recovery right now. I know. He might be ready by week one. Like – Oh, yeah. I, l- let's see. November, December, January, February, March, April. Sorry, I'm having a count. No. Holy fuck. Wait a second. Because you got to think, Burrow got hurt later in the season than Shido. Bro, am I tripping? Uh, he went down October 31st. September 31st would be 11 months. Fuck yeah, he's going to be ready. Yeah. <laughs> what am I thinking about, bro? It takes like max nine months for an ACL. Like, I feel like that ACL would be pretty fucking bad. You know, like... And I think it was a clean tear. So, absolutely. You can see him ready. Maybe he's on pup, kind of like Lael, like in training camp. Right. You know, work rehab, take it slow, you know, inch him into, yo, you're going to be ready week one. That's what I expect. And I expect probably a 100% Cheeto at that point. I mean, a middling Cheeto is still a good corner. Like, even if he's not 100%. Uh, it, it's crazy, bro, because, like, this is a guy who has really just built his name in Cincinnati, in my opinion. Like, 
he's really increased his value and his, I mean, teams are going to want this guy, you know, like, like you said, contingency plant, blase, blase. I, I don't think we do either. I mean, this is a guy who, in my opinion, would take what he's worth type of guy money wise, but he's not going to break the bank on you. I don't think mm-hmm. that's type of guy. And fortunately entering your third contract, it's a lot less likely that you're going to get that fat bag that you, right. you know, I, I think I'm guessing off the top of my head here. I can't guarantee this, but I think Cheeto's heading into his age 20. Uh, he may be 29 by the time he enters a 2024 season, which would be, yo, I just got paid, whatever. Here's my season. How much are you going to get? You know, like he's 27. Okay. Gotcha. So, Next season, he would be heading into 28. Right. Uh, I still think he could get a bag, but yeah, man. He could get like a little three-year bag. Mm -hmm. That's how I think he'd get a little three-year bag. But like you've pointed out all off-season, Bengals do not like to give out their contracts. So it's going to be something where Cheeto's obviously going to have to ball out this year. And show that, hey – Y'all need to keep me around because, I mean, even I, and that's that's another crazy thing to think about because it's so far away, obviously. But it's like, you know, at that point, will the Bengals be like, okay, you know, do we feel Cam Taylor Britt's cornerback one where you know, like that's obviously way farther in the future. Mm-hmm. But I, I think if Cheeto balls out this year, there's no question you got to try to bring him back. I mean, we've seen corners get contracts at 28 and obviously it's a little yeah i feel like it it definitely and especially to me it's not as sexy because of age Uh but i mean you you can get good corners to come back and play at a high level even late in their years i think yeah it just all depends on what the Bengals want to pay and how they Mm -hmm. value that guy in the time but people also got to realize we're also going to have to be making those same questions with a guy like DJ Reader next offseason, you know, when we're trying to figure out, are we going to re-sign this guy? Because that's another thing. I know a lot of people are wondering if that pit guy, or not, is it the pit guy? Yeah, the pit D lineman. Um, yeah. Like, if he drops, like, they want to draft him. But I'm thinking, like, people, like, if you draft him with your first pick, you're basically committing that, DJ Reader is not in your future plans, right? Like, I mean, seriously, because you, you're going to have a that, – that seems like a, contingent, a contingency plan to me. I mean, that's kind of like – Well, like, uh, my bad. But Kalijah Cansey is his name. Um, right. He, he is playing three-tech, and DJ is, you know, a – surefire nose tackle he's not going to be anywhere else because of just how he is i i just think for price is what i'm saying like obviously that guy is going to rush rush the quarterback a lot more than dj but it's like either you're selling out the fact that because man you're you're you gotta think you're paying that rookie i I can't think of the numbers obviously because it's a later round pick but it's like you're gonna at some point have to cut either cut ties with either DJ or BJ. You know what I mean? And yeah, no man. If they spend a first round pick on a D lineman, which I I 
don't see happening, hopefully. Maybe an edge rusher or something. But, I, man, I I just don't think it would be promising for, for a re-sign for DJ, especially on a third contract, you know? Yeah. Buzz out this year, he's going to want a good bag. I mean, mm-hmm. I know he's going to he's gonna settle for what's best for the team, but he's also going to settle for what's best for him. And, yeah, yeah bro, I, I obviously they do play two different – uh, positions defensive tackle wise, but yeah, yeah it's just kind of concerning because you it know paid, we paid that big money to Gino, and now we pay that big money to DJ. Yeah. Then, now I I will say this, yeah. bro, the Bengals really do not want to give out third contracts. I sure as fuck hope they do. That's all I'll say. I like, yeah. I don't even. I, it makes so much sense that the Bengals are going to go offense with the three of their first four picks minimum. That's my opinion. Uh, so with that, those questions have a lot of less things unanswered and a lot uh, more of a grim contingency plan when it comes to no stack on corner, because right. you're not going to be picking premier picks as contingency plans for those guys. If they leave, so you'd be talking, okay, if there is a world where DJ would go, you know, walk in FA, what's the backup plan? I don't know if you have it. You don't have it, especially like him, you know, and same with Cheeto. And yeah, man, it's to be seen with those guys, you know, and what's kind of ironic now that I'm just thinking about to switch topic. We have not even talked about Terrell Basham yet. It's been 45 minutes. <laughs> I think we talked about a pre-episode, bro. Guys, yeah. before we fucking record it, we're like, yeah, you know, we'll get into Terrell Basham pretty quickly here. We haven't. So I guess talking about the D-line, bringing it back to right now. Because, look, man, actually, I will circle back and finish up that point real quick. We can continue to see ourselves down a fucking toilet all we want all day. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what are you going to do here? What are you going to do there? That's the point of sacrifice. That's what's great about this league. Cause it's not going to be perfect. And the one side of all, one stresses themselves out because you can't find contingency plans. How about you just fucking bring some of those dudes back? How about that? Yeah. Let's just bring DJ back, huh? Let's just bring Cheeto back. Will it happen? We'll see. Like you said, it's valid. Second contract to third. They want to go second, not third contract. But we'll see. I think think it all depends on how they're operating. I mean, they've – Operated differently year by year, as we've seen, right? So it, it wouldn't be surprising yeah. if they did do something like that. I think bringing those guys back for sure. I mean, if you see the thing is with DJ this year, right? You have to see how he was playing this year, right? You got to see that, if not better, on a contract year right here. So it's like mm-hmm. you get that out of him, in my opinion. He's worthy of a re-sign, even though I know they would be probably more scared because they've seen a guy like Gino fall off a cliff, right? But mm. I think that's – I don't think that, like, correlates. Like, DJ's a whole different type of player, right? I think he just, like, if we lost him on the D-line, bro, like, our, our running – run-stopping abilities would not be as good. We would we'd just not be as good of a defense – Along yeah. the defense line, no matter what anyone says. And I think even in that scenario, like, say you let DJ walk and he goes to a team like the Chiefs, bro. Like, we would not – like, come on, bro. You can't tell me him and Chris Jones would not be the best defense tackle duo in the NFL. You well, can't. I hope you're just 
smoking dope and that never happens. Oh, 100%. If it would, I would be fucking devastated. That's why you can't let a guy like that walk. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, sure. I mean, but at, back to Terrell Basham, I think, I think that was a good signing, bro. I mean, obviously, I think we talked about, like, we wanted a guy like Contavious Street, probably cost a little more. Um, mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I, I think I was kind of re- – remember Chris Smith? Remember when we signed Chris Smith? Um, yeah, yeah. I, it kind of reminds me of, like, Chris Smith, like a guy that you know, not a lot of people are going to talk about, not a, pe- a lot of people are going to really think about or pay attention, but a guy that could come in – and produce three to five sacks and kind of have a really good year. I, I'm I'm kind of hyped for him. I think him coming back and getting a refresher and a new culture fit with a great defensive coach, I think that could help him in a lot of ways. And obviously I'm not going to hype this guy up. Like he's going to become like the next big thing or something, but mm-hmm. definitely a guy that we've talked about on these one-year deals that can come in and make a, make a difference one play in the game, you know, say it's the fourth quarter and Terrell Basham sacks a guy and boom, we win the game because of Terrell Basham. Just little things like that. So I think I think he can definitely help this team. I mean, we have we have pretty good D-line depth, but we need more pressure off the edge, and he, he might be able we, to offer we, that. We need more pressure up front. Definitely. Like, uh, yeah, on the definitely. interior too. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I I like the signing, and I like it most because it the Bengals continue to do exactly what they need to do, which is make our weaknesses as strong as possible, as strong as we're willing to make them ahead of the draft to give us the best chance to have the best draft possible. What were some of our weakest spots heading into free agency? Um. Um, O line, tight end, secondary, linebacker. The question was there with Jermaine. Um, in pass rush, they got all of those pieces, all of them. The only one that they have not filled is running back. What's the situation with running backs in this league? They are these least valuable. So they got every position they needed but the one that is least valuable. Like, don't it make sense? It all makes sense. That's what I love the most about this signing. My opinion is I'm certainly not uh, averse to having Terrell Basham have an impact like that. I kind of see him like a Wyatt Ray type fringe roster guy because we are deep at that position. I think right now a lot could change, you know, depending who we draft and how shit pans out in training camp preseason. He could probably press a guy like Jeffrey Gunter. I think they'd be a battle. You know, hey, get your 200, get your 180, 240 snaps this season. Like you said, some some third downs, some second downs. Give me some juice, whatever that may be. Terrell Basham has been around for a while. I don't know a ton about him. I didn't even bother to do a ton of research on him. But I know he's had a couple seasons with a few sacks. So good for him. Uh, he's 29 years old. He's cousin to Boogie Basham, guys, the young draft pick in Buffalo. He is not Boogie. Some people have gotten confused. That would be a lot bigger of a deal or so because Boogie Basham was like a first or high second-round pick. So uh, this guy was a third-round pick to Indianapolis from, here's a cool thing, Ohio University. 
guess who was the head coach at Ohio University or defensive coordinator? One of them. I know, but you can enlighten the listeners. <clears throat> Jimmy Burrow, Joe's dad. So everybody knows Joe grew up in Athens. That's why, you know. So pretty cool. Pretty cool full, full circle moment there. Um, I don't know when Jimmy retired. I don't think it was too long ago. So Basham was there when, you know, he was there. So that's a pretty cool moment, you know, of, um, you know, him being coached by the great Jimmy Burrow to now play with the young, great Joe Burrow. Pretty cool shit there. Yeah, I might when when Lou becomes the defensive coordinator, I might have to start Jimmy Burrow for D.C. train because, yeah. <laughs> what a cool push. Dude, that would be fucking crazy. Right. <laughs> but that would be insane, bro. Well, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, as we talked about pre-episode, I don't have a ton to – ton of time today unfortunately uh before we head out of here bro any quick uh last points you got uh not really i mean obviously we're gonna dive into the draft more in a few episodes so y'all stay tuned for that but besides that bro yeah we pretty much hit all the points oh yeah yeah guys it, me and drake were talking pre-episode and you got the sense right now um we're kind of in a situation we don't want to go a ton through the mocks yet because, look, we can mock ourselves to sleep if we wanted to. And I know it's fun. But if me and Drake went ahead and did six fucking mock drafts before the draft, <laughs> it makes it so exhausting. So me and him, we're just going to try to kick the shit for a couple weeks um, or maybe sooner. You know, we'll do a mock draft, whatever the hell that entails. So, you know, hang in there, guys. It's already April. Um, happy April Fool's Day. If that's a fucking holiday that you'd like to, you know, uh, religiously, you know, enjoy every year you go ahead. I made my tweet last night that did not resonate well. Um, I tricked people. Shout out to my homie Brady. He told me to push the propaganda. I'm all for pushing propaganda on Twitter. It's just a funny shithole that I've had some fun, you know, fucking around with. Uh, I said he signed for, I'm like, wow, here it is. Eight year, $340 million deal. So what, like 42.5 per uh, with 141.5 guaranteed. Hint, guys, the reason I put 141.5 is because Patty Mahomes got 141. So <laughs> I made sure to add the extra 500K guaranteed. There you go. And some people, they caught on quickly. I'm just like, whatever. Okay, so you enjoy your fucking April Fools. What would you, what would you do if they announced Zeke to Cincinnati today on April Fools? I can't take it serious until proven otherwise. I would have to be affirmed. <laughs> And assured that this is real. Because if I saw it today, I'd just be like, ha ha. Like, right, right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you all for listening to another e other episode of the All Things Bengals podcast. Me and Drake will be back later in the week. We got some interesting things cooking up in this offseason. And um, appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. I'll see you. Stay safe. Peace. Oh, yeah. You too.